You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back to the show. Most place in sports. Let's go. Kansas City Chiefs number six ranked in our preseason power rankings. Mm. Uh, a little bit late on mm. that, but Sean Davis, warm <laughs> going in number six out uh, in the mm. league. Mm. They had a blowout mm. win that pretty much everyone except for uh, one person that is on our round table that I won't call out right now, uh, although I would love to. It'd be hilarious. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs. Sean, uh, you have a few things to say about the Chiefs. Do you want to get them out of the way now or do you want to get them out of the way later? I don't know. Warner, you know what I have to say. So which one do you think is better? I'm going to get it out of the way I'll now. Give, so we can talk little, about the a roster. Little, uh, little trailer, a little sneak peek, you know. Um, this uh, this is the trailer is rated PG-13. Um, Sean uh, thinks the Chiefs are a very good football team and does not think that of the Raiders and the Broncos. I think the Raiders are a good football think team. The Chargers are on the same level as the Chiefs either. And he will definitely explain why in a very passionate uh, speech that he gave to me before we did this completely unprompted um, and said, you know what? I'm going to say that during the show too. So let's get into their off season though. Cause they had a really, lot really of quick. and a great draft. Go ahead. Really, really quickly. I do want to uh, remind you all to please stick around to the end. We have a great interview with a great guest. My guy, Mark Gungles, who covers his Kansas City Chiefs or Arrowhead pride and a co-host of the coast to coast podcast covering the Kansas City Chiefs. Make sure you guys do check that out at the end of this episode. I highly encourage it. Uh, I didn't know me and my I, I didn't know myself and a Chiefs going to be able to coexist, but it was a ton of fun. So please do stick around. Mark's my guy, so we were able to we were able to do it until I threw a shot at the Chiefs at the end, and then he fired back with uh, like ten different shots of the Chargers, which, which I'm sure he had lined up uh, in case hey, that's left and blocked you on. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. But no, very busy offseason. Um, Mark for isn't a 40-year-old version who blocks people on Twitter for no reason. Um, now let's dive into <laughs> this Chiefs offseason. <laughs> the Chiefs departures. Um, they lose Daryl Williams. What would you say? They clean house, really. Yeah, they, 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 lose, they lose a lot of Tyree bodies. Hill. Losing three receivers, losing four DBs, two linebackers, two edge players. I mean, they cleaned house. Most notable is Tyreek Hill, but honestly, aside from maybe Tyron Matthew, they didn't really lose anybody else of significance. A lot of depth pieces, a lot of average to below average starters that um, they had, especially on this defense. Um, and honestly, they replaced, I mean, they replaced Hill, Robinson, and Pringle with Juju, who's going to be an excellent number two from them behind um, Travis Kelsey. Right. And yes, uh, who, who, you know, he's no Tyreek Hill, but he's a really good deep threat in his own right. They upgraded upgraded Edge with Carlos Dunlap. And honestly, I think for this scheme, they upgraded at safety um, with, with Justin Reed as a better cover safety over, over Tyron Matthew. And definitely Derek, Daniel Sorensen. Don't get me started on Daniel Sorensen. Right. And uh, this is going to be my uh, – this is going to be my rant. I'm going to do my rant now on the Chiefs. All right. Here we go. Because I went touch on the Tyree Kill departure. Tyree Kill it is ruins their team. Game. They are not going to be good because Tyree Kill left. Is that what you're about to say? No. Um, Tyree Kill is an amazing football player, incredible football player. You can make a legitimate argument in terms of out of all the receivers last season while he was with Kansas City, Tyree Kill 
was probably the most valuable wide receiver in football. You can make the argument. Um, I, I think in terms of value, you're talking about is it's him, Cooper it's, Cup, I mean, and how that fit in with the Chiefs' offense too, with Patrick Mahomes having a rocket arm, Andy Reid being so creative, and Tyreek Hill's stamina and speed. <laughs> it was honestly, it was a, it was a perfect matchup for real. Yes. Now, <laughs> they did lose Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill is amazing. He's going to do great things with Mike McDaniel in uh, Miami. I'm, I'm really expecting good things from him. But do, and this is a very similar thing with the Packers where they lose a big-name receiver, and now the world is like, oh, my God, they lose a big-name receiver. How will they ever recover? The, the difference between the Chiefs and the Packers, however – a certain guy named Travis Kelsey and a certain willingness to bring in receivers, specifically one from the Packers, to re- revamp that receiving group. That as well. But the Chiefs got better. Like, literally, the Chiefs got better. If you look at the departures, like Warner mentioned, only maybe three with Trevarius Ward. I probably botched that name. But there's really only – You got it completely right, actually. Good job. Thank you. There's only three guys worth – Anything that they lost that are significant loot losses. Tyree Kill, Traverius Ward, and Tyron Matthew. All these other guys are either, okay, who cares we lost them, or we're, it's actually a good thing we lost them. Cough, cough, Daniel Swordson, right? Like, it, th- these are fine. Ward, you actually replaced him with, the, with and you have guys lined up ready who are capable players right now, but then you go out and draft freaking Trent McDuffie in the first round. Hmm. How are you able to do that? Because you freaking don't forget Josh Williams either. Josh Williams is going to play, I think, some significant snaps for this defense. Exactly. And then you have a Legereus Sneed, who's really, really good and has been a great player from Rashad Fenton. Like you mentioned, Josh Williams, Jalen Watson, who you drafted. You have you drafted by, uh, Brian Cook in, in, in the draft as well. You have guys that are fine to replace them, right? Um, Tyron hmm. Matthew. Like Warner mentioned, Justin Reed for this scheme is a better scheme fit and a better coverage safety than Tyron Matthew. And then Tyree Kill, I think we're overrating the loss of Tyree Kill because here's why. Tyree Kill is awesome, but now Pat Mahomes, the problem with the Chiefs last year and the reason why at times you're like, ooh, this offense looks a little shaky is because so much was Mahomes playing backyard football. But when the Chiefs rattled off that win streak and they looked virtually unbeatable, when that defense was clicking and the offense was just scoring points like it was nothing, why was that? Mahomes was playing a lot more in structure with the occasional backyard football sprinkled in, right? And you saw in that Chiefs-Cardinals game, now that Mahomes has to play more in structure where he has to go through, sit in the pocket, go through his reads, and make decisions, Mahomes is freaking ridiculous right and everything i think this is gonna segue into mahomes because it, it kind of ties in uh well no crap we have to talk about the scheme and coaching so i'm gonna go back for now actually um <laughs> but mahomes is so freaking incredible that, uh, okay there we go i guess we do have patrick mahomes somewhere on here um mahomes is so freaking incredible in any way shape or form i don't know if you saw this throw warner it was basically like triple cover not triple coverage exactly mm-hmm. it was open yeah. It was the smallest opening. And Patrick Mahomes. The linebacker had his back turned as cl- the safety was closing. And I think another safety or corner or something was yeah, closing right in the, the area. Top. But he just put it over the two with their backs turned. 
and right in front of that safety, right in the breadbasket. There's only three quarterbacks that can make that throw. And, I, and one of them, I know if you're going to think, one of them I'm, I'm not going to include. You could say four, I'm only going to say three. Rodgers, Mahomes, and Herbert. Herbert's a better pure I think Josh Allen literally made that throw against the Rams. Uh, wait, which one? Actually, okay, fine, four. Four. I was because Herbert, I think Herbert is like has more of the actually in a pinpoint accuracy than Allen. I think Herbert is an, a, a more accurate quarterback, but let's see under there. Sure, so Josh Allen there. He, you definitely could convince me. So let's go for there's four quarterbacks on the on the face of the earth right now that can make that throw. And honestly, all four can make that consistently. You have one of those four. And when mm-hmm. Mahomes is playing mistake free football, right? And this is why, as a Chargers fan, I am scared to death of the Kansas City Chiefs. I was telling Warner off camera. Warner's just casually eating his banana, letting me just go to work right now. But, like, I was telling Warner, we just played the Raiders last week, right? What what did I say, Warner? How many times did I say I was scared during that Raiders game? Yeah. Sorry, I got banana in my mouth, but zero. I didn't think I was going to have to talk for a while, so. <laughs> no, but I, well, we were joking like one time because I was joking that I, that I, I was nervous I wouldn't be able to find Asante Samuel Jr.'s ankles in a lost and found. But um, there wasn't a moment during that game where I'm like, and, and part of it is because Herbert was playing so flawlessly and the pass rush was great. So like, okay, you know what? We're fine. I'm good. My blood pressure did not really get high at all during that game. Like, okay. We should still win this game. When we play Kansas City on Thursday of week two, and when we play them again, I think in week 11 or week 12, my heartbeat is going to be racing the entire freaking game because I'm so petrified of playing the Kansas City Chiefs, and they got better. Trust me, they got better. I could care a rat less about the Denver Broncos. They don't scare me worth anything. The Raiders, you get pressure on Derek Carr, you're fine. But Kansas City... Freaking scares me to death. Patrick Mahomes is why they got better, even though he lost Tyree Kill. Let's stop the narrative of oh they got worse because he lost Tyree Kill. No, 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 no. Stop underrating the Chiefs. Overrate them if anything, please. Do not underrate the Chiefs. Stop. That being please. said, we think the Chiefs are going to go uh, seventeen and zero, have a perfect season. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching the Sports Headline Show. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll see you guys next time, guys. Uh, peace out. All no, right, but no, in all joking. seriousness, um, on to the coaching staff uh, for this Chiefs team. <laughs> Andy Reid, of course, running the ship. Eric Bieniemy, who, you know, still hasn't gotten a job. Um, I think you and I kind of backed off the Eric Bieniemy train a little bit last year, um, but we still think he he's in a, a good coach. Not even that he deserves a job, but he's a good coaching candidate for a team that needs, a, especially an offensive play caller. Uh, honestly, I don't quite know why, but for some reason the league's fo- uh, shifting to more of a defensive uh, head coach minded um, minded head coach. But they have a Reed, Eric Bieniemy, Matt Nagy is back as a quarterbacks coach and senior assistant um, with J- David Girardi as the pass game coordinator. Um, the list goes on and on to assist uh, an assistant, two quality control coaches. That doesn't matter too much. Of course, it matters. But overall, coaching and scheme is going to rank fifth. A really good group of coaches led off by Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, who have really um, just put this modern pro spread. I really kept it in the NFL, first of all, with their quote-unquote coaching tree that they've had 
go off on their own. <laughs> and uh, with the success that Andy Reid has had throughout his whole career, and especially those two have had uh, recently with even Alex Smith, honestly, looked like a, a good quarterback before Patrick Mahomes came in. And now, I mean, you can argue that they have the best quarterback in the league if you really wanted to. Overall, offensively, 87.82 is going to grade fourth in the league. And um, they definitely showed that against the Cardinals in week one. But I, I think, you know, the coaching staff can be as good as it wants to, but it really – it all starts with Patrick Mahomes. It starts and it ends with Patrick Mahomes. And uh, really, really quickly, uh, based off our offensive grade for them, ranking fourth, I think they'll be just freaking fine without Tyree Hill, like I've mentioned. Also, Matt Nagy coming back as the quarterback's coach, I think it's an underrated hiring. He's, he was an awful head coach. Don't get me wrong. Yes, but terrible. I think he, he was in, instrumental to – Alex Smith having his best year of his career in Kansas City. And then those earlier years of Patrick Mahomes really helping develop him, being the, that quarterback's coach there. Um, I, I do think he, I, I do think uh, this was a good hiring, um, bringing him back into the fold. And um, so, yeah, Warner, unless you have anything else uh, to add on, let's talk about. No, I think I think the offense again starts and it ends with Patrick Mahomes right there, tied for the second best quarterback in the league in our eyes, um, with another guy who's coming up shortly, Josh Allen, uh, Chad Henney, Shane Buchel, uh as backups. But this quarterback room is on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes and his Kermit the Frog voice. Um, sorry, that was my best impression on the fly. Um, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal quarterback. I never thought about, about that. It. He can. We talked about it though. He can make all the throws, any throw on the field. Um, he's got that that arm strength and velocity on the football to be successful, whether he's at his own goal line or at the at his opponents. And uh, you know, he he's the type of quarterback that can put together a fifteen play methodical. You know, you run the ball six times, you throw the ball nine times, taking what the defense gives you, checkdowns, short routes, intermediate routes, throwing the ball over the middle, throwing the ball outside the numbers timing routes, whatever, or he can get it over in one fell swoop on a deep ball or, or say like a, a, a crossing route to Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster's had like two 97-yard touchdowns in his career just from a slant route or a dig over the middle of the field that he takes the rest of the way, not to mention Marquez Valdez-Scantling as well um, as a speedy deep threat. Trust me, they lost Tyreek Hill, but they gained two very good receivers, and they drafted Sky Moore. So let's not forget, they drafted Sky Moore – they still have Miko Hardman, who's not a great receiver, but they've got speed still on this team. Ty it, nobody's like Tyreek Hill, but they still have speed. I mean, speed is speed is speed. Speed is speed. Tyreek Hill speed's different, but speed is speed. Yeah, I know. And I, I was giving Warner some choice gestures because uh, even though I, I, I was very clear <laughs> about the Chiefs and how good this team is, it's still depressing to hear about, man. But Patrick Mahomes, the reason why I think you could, um, I think you can convince me Pat is the best quarterback in football. I think if you want to make that argument, you could, right? But I think the problem why he's not the best quarterback in football is because I think the best quarterback in football doesn't have, I think there are, there, there's too many moments and too many games even where Mahomes just doesn't look like the best quarterback in football, where he doesn't go through his reads, he's, he's staring receivers down, he's, he's throwing balls into double coverage. But again, I think part of that problem was Tyree Kill to a certain extent and like just tr overly trusting Tyree Kill, like, hey, man, he's open down there, eff it. Where now I think you'll see Mahomes a little more calculated with his deep shots and really going through his reads because 
he has a really good mental process or pre-snap and post-snap. His, his IQ of the game is outstanding. He can make all the throws. Yeah. I think if Mahomes reclaims that top quarterback spot in football at the end of the season, it would not surprise me. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he's going to be in the thick of it, man. Like, those battles. And I, I think the NFL has been desperately trying to recreate Peyton and Brady, th- that rivalry. Or, they might have uh, got it with Josh Allen and Patty Mahomes, though. They might have got it. I was going to say, you can have, like, any combination you want from, like, Patty and Allen, Pat Mahomes and, and Herbert, and Pat Mahomes and Burrow. Like, yeah. any one of those They've three. They've played each other in very, very good and, honestly, high-scoring games, too, in, in big moments. Um, the NFL, marketing-wise, is set up for a lot of good quarterback play uh, coming down to the playoffs. But um, – yeah, Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal, and and honestly, he's the type of quarterback who um, just makes his makes his receivers better. Real quick, before we talk about this receiving room, though, I do want to touch on something that I said to you, Sean, off camera, and that is, you know, there's a certain extent where you just you're in the league for so long that that you don't really have to study as much because you know what teams are going to do uh, a lot quicker than you that you know just by looking at the defense, not even by, okay, what percent of the time do they run a cover three, but they have a too high pre, you don't have to, you you still have to worry about that. You still have to watch your film, get your analytics, but you can see it a lot clearer and a a lot sooner uh, when you're actually on the field. And I think that's, in case you guys didn't know, our our first quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, who just slightly grades out ahead of Mahomes and Allen. And that's just something that Mahomes and Allen don't have and, and can't have and won't have for the foreseeable future, just because they're not like 17 year vets in the league. Right. And that's no indictment against them. They're just younger and therefore less experienced. By the way, all those games against those quarterbacks we mentioned are either primetime games or in the premier CBS slot. <laughs> that it better be like the 425 Tony Romo game slot. Like that's, yeah. so yeah, like, like for example, we- say, though, man, Tony Romo talks too much on a broadcast. He just and, 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 so I think at first it was like really fun and really informative. Now it's like, dude, shut yeah, up. But like he he's trying to be too funny and and too like joking. And it's like, all right, dude, calm down, shut up. But like a little. So so here on this will be we have cover four. You know, I I do expect. And I think I think what my team for this play until the play starts, and then I get to hear. Uh, oh crap! I forgot who the play by play guys, but Jim that's Nance. besides the point. Um, this Nance. receiving room though. Uh, yeah, Jim Nance, my bad. This receiving room, it starts with Travis Kelsey. I know we usually go receiver one, receiver two, receiver three, tight end, running back. Travis Kelsey is a special, special, special player. He's the number one target on this team, similar to Mark Andrews on the Ravens. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster is a phenomenal two. We've seen it time and time again. He's technically the number one receiver in air quotes, but he is not the number one target. He's not what defenses are going to be focused on just because of how dominant Travis Kelsey is. And then you throw in... Miko Hardman or Sky Moore at receiver three. I mean, you've got you've got a phenomenal, um, <clears throat> you know, receiving room for for Patrick Mahomes. Absolutely, and uh, l- l- let's just start off with Travis Kelsey, who is the best tight end in football. I think yes. hands down. Um, I-, I think with Kelsey, you know, not only is he an elite. Res- just pass catching tight end who is not the blocker of George Kittle, but I mean, man, he is a really good blocker in pass pro when he does block. Um, But mostly it's just like a a chip and then, you know, run a route because Kelsey's so dynamic. 
Um, but it, you know, more often than not, it's it, we're talking about blocking it's in the run game. Um, he is really, really good there. And uh, but as a pass catcher, man, his route running ability, his IQ as well. Um, one of my favorite clips from from Kelsey. It's more just like hearing him talk about the process through with uh, Mahomes on that 13 second drive in the playoffs, um, where he's like. Yo, 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 if they run this, 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 or whatever, I figure what 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 he was saying, like the play call, Blake. If they run he this, just, kind of just ran straight, caught the ball, and got 20 yards out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. He's they, like, ran, they were protecting the sidelines, obviously, and protecting the deep part of the field. So that just left the middle wide open. And um, you know, you have that, and then you have a Tyree Hill slant that he does his ridiculous Tyree Hill stuff with, and all of a sudden they're in field goal range. Now that's something the Chiefs got worse in that department. Yes. Nobody on the Chiefs roster is doing that this year. Right. Like, like, like they're not. They're like, like I mentioned earlier, they're gonna miss the backyard football plays. But I think you can still do that with Mahomes and Kelsey to an extent. But you are going. They got worse in the back. They got. They got worse in the backyard football dynamic. Sure. But I promise you, in structure, this team is a lot better. Can't win NFL football by only backyard plays. You've seen it with the Chiefs' offense. Can't win Super Bowls. Yeah. You. You saw it with them. And this is just going to – just honestly, it's going to promote more structure because you just don't have that element anymore. Right. And guess what? Mahomes is going to be a better quarterback because of it now because we know Mahomes is as elite as it comes with backyard football mm-hmm. and just like scramble, yeah. drill, I'm going to skip the pocket, somebody's down there. At least I'm going to bring it up in our in our, um, in our our ra- weekly roundtable with the, with the Bills, the Bills and the Rams. A lot of timing routes with the Bills and Josh Allen – you know, if he's not in his spot, he's going to go to the next, or he's covered, next read. If he's covered, and, and then once the pressure starts to seep in, he just kind of comes outside the pocket. Everybody runs all over the place, and that just adds an extra dynamic in. We've seen it with the Packers all these years with, with Rodgers, too. Drop back pass, all right? Not open, not open, He, you know, not, not the right spot, whatever, whatever. Oh, here's pressure, dance, extend the play, extend the play. Except Josh Allen and, and also Mahomes have more of a running impact than Aaron Rodgers really ever did, especially Josh Allen. And they just they just gain yards, gain yards, keep the drive alive. And and that just that's what makes it so hard to guard these guys. Yeah. Um yeah, oh. this is so depressing to look at. You also have Clyde Edwards Lair and Jeremy McKinnon. Went healthy. Good pass catching threats. I uh, actually Clyde just caught two touchdown passes. So that's nice. Yeah. Their seventh round pick. I mean, as we're talking, if we're talking about running backs, well, let's talk about it. Warner. Rushing. I, I, I mean, he led the team in rushing. Jarek McKinnon, former Viking, it just he, he's his problem has been injuries, especially leg injuries. But he's explosive. He's so athletic and agile. He's a he's a phenomenal back. And they brought in Ronald Jones, who's got that straight line speed and good power to kind of be honestly a fourth a fourth back for this these guys. They've got a pretty good mix of running backs. They just lack that top end guy that puts them just below average. Agreed. Um, I think they'll do creative stuff with the run game. So don't expect this to be the 27th best rushing attack, but in terms of the backs they have Clyde's fine, but we, they definitely should have gone running back in that first round. They, if you did, you should have went JT. Um, so you first, so they made the problem. Of, yeah, yeah, over Clyde. Yeah, yeah. yeah they went with. The, they made the problem of. Go, Shoot, they could have taken. Um, they could have taken what J.K. Dobbins was in that draft class. DeAndre um, Swift. That's yeah, a DeAndre loaded Swift. running back class. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, and they took 
another really a Joe Burrow product. Joe Burrow's gotten so many guys drafted a lot higher than they should have been. I think he's gotten that whole LSU offensive line, though. It's actually a really, really bad draft. Yeah, you know, um, um, receiver uh, for the Panthers. Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall, yep. That uh, went higher than he probably should have. Uh, other than Jesse Jefferson and Jamar Chase, really. That team, I mean, <laughs> Fad Moss keeps getting opportunity after opportunity. He got cut from the Bengals uh, due to injury, I believe. Or maybe it was because of that chop block to um, – to, uh, Oh, man. Yeah, Thibodeau. But that's besides the point. Let's I'd say in. overall a good running back room. And, again, diverse skill sets – a lot of players that can contribute and they're not spending too much of their salary cap on this room, which I think is really important for a a team and an offense with the caliber players of, of, of the chiefs. And also the offensive system that Andy Andy Reid likes to run doesn't put a lot of emphasis on the running back. I mean, sure. Having LaShawn McCoy, like he did in Philadelphia definitely helps because LaShawn McCoy was an amazing back, but you don't need that, that top probably future hall of famer type running back. Um, in, in this offense, you just you just don't. All right, let's dive into this offensive line here. The Chiefs have really kudos to them. If you want to look at how to revamp an offensive line in one season, go ask Kansas City because that's what they did last season, and now they're heading into year two behind the 10th best offensive line in football. This whole offensive line really got revamped and remodeled last season. They bring in Orlando Brown Jr. They signed Joe Tooney. They freaking draft Creed Humphrey. Thanks, Packers, for being bums. And then they they take a absolute dart fly on Trace. Not even a dart fly. Just like uh, I believe he was what a sixth round pick with number one guard talent. Uh, teams were just scared because of I forget if it was neck or concussions, but heart. an injury. Oh, it was hard. Dang, man, I keep saying somebody else had concussion problems. Maybe Jalen Phillips. Um, it was like Jalen Phillips had concussion. Yeah, somebody, somebody else in that class had had concussion problems. But um, Trey Smith, he was he was the most talented guard in that class. They got him in the sixth round. Just said, hey, might as well. Do we get a first round talent with a six round pick? Maybe. Do we do we get nobody from a six round pick? Whatever. It's a six round pick. Let's take him. Don't know why any other team before them did it. Um, and and they got a phenomenal a mauler in the run game and, and a decent pass protector as well. Warner just knows how to just hurt me like this. That 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 draft pick, man. Yeah, I, I knew it as soon as they took Trey Smith. I was like, it's very similar actually to them. Like how I felt about them taking Trey Smith is exactly how I felt about them taking like just stealing Justin Ross. In an undrafted free agent, I'm like, bro, yeah, like yeah. this dude's gonna go to Kansas City and be a freaking stud. And this apparently, he's like a projected top five receiver at Clemson before he got injured. I think he what sat out. Um, I think he's been injured ever since that year. He was projected to be a top yeah, five receiver. I mean, he didn't have a good workout by no means. He ran, he was slow as slow as molasses, but, but also apparently, it seemed apparently he had like great chemistry with uh. Mahomes during camp and stuff, and before he yeah. got hurt again, or now he's on IR. I'm like, bro, like if he gets healthy, I, I, I how I feel I about didn't even mention him when we were going through it because he was injured, but like he could be better than Sky Moore, he could be that team's third receiver. I mean, he could be the team's he if you you could put you could put Juju Smith Schuster as like an X or, or a slot guy, have 
Justin Ross play outside and have MVS as your Z deep threat. I mean, then you add in Travis Kelsey to that? But they got worse. They got worse. This is the face of a press man. Just imagine how Raiders and Broncos fans are feeling. I hate the Chiefs. Oh, man. I think, think, honestly, the Chargers had the best offseason in that division, but – well, no, because Russell Wilson's a better, a more valuable. But getting Khalil Mack, I mean, out of all the gets, out of all the big players that either came to or went away from teams, if you were just to run with those headlines, Broncos are winning the division, Raiders are coming in second, neck and neck race, then the Chargers probably around five hundred, and the Chiefs just got worse because they lost Tyreek Hill. In reality, it's probably just going to be flip flop. Yeah, he, yeah, but yeah. I mean, Devontae Adams, phenomenal player. Russell Wilson, phenomenal player. Uh, Khalil Mack, phenomenal player that really flew under the radar. But <laughs> the Chiefs lost a phenomenal player, but they added a lot of really good players. And just now, another thing with those Chiefs teams is they didn't have the depth. They've got like upside at depth now that they can just rotate these guys, you know, play the hot hand. I'm sorry, I had to remove more. I'm getting too depressed talking about the Chiefs. I hate the Chiefs. So I was much. like, what just happened? Hold on, did he click the wrong button? But um, no, no, kudos, I, man. The Chiefs. By <laughs> the way, I, I'm not removing. We need. We're not even done with the offensive line. I didn't remove Warner because he's saying anything wrong. I'm removing Warner because, like, he's spitting facts right now. And the Brett Chiefs, Beach, man, they've they've just like they've set themselves up so well for the long term. We haven't talked yeah. about that defense either, which I think is underrated. It's not elite. It's not even really. It's not they up, great. They upgraded edge. They got some really good draft picks and covered safety. Yeah, and, and Jeff Reed. I mean, it's not a they great defense. Four guys, but those four guys are going to make big impacts on this team right. for like premium positions. Uh, let's finish this offensive line. Uh, Orlando <laughs> Brown is fine. He's very overrated by Chiefs fans and by NFL like fans in general. Very, very overrated. He's and solid. Yeah, especially by himself. But he's a solid left tackle. Maybe blocker, solid pass blocker. But he's just he's not that blindside guy that just you know handles everything. Like Trent Williams is a better run blocker than he is pass blocker, but he is the best like run blocker in the game. And he's also really good at pass blocking. Right. Whereas and, Orlando yeah. Brown is a good run blocker, but like I mean, he's a fine pass protector, but he's kind of teetering on that. Uh, do I trust him down in, down out, not to have pressure from that left side edge? Like, for example, now this that is one thing I am optimistic about facing the chiefs i do think we'll be able to get pressure off the edge unless because uh, if you just constantly you can't double both mac and Bosa. but it's all pro andrew wiley at right tackle that is a weakness of this offensive line um that's why they only rank 10th and that's why i and by the way that's why i think the chargers graded out higher offensive line wise we've had this discussion on the round table of brandon that that's my argument for the chargers i think if you look They've from got side a better to side, right tackle. they've got better a center. better center, and their right tackle isn't quite as weak. Because and their right tackle isn't quite as weak. Yeah. Tooney's better than Filer. Trey Smith no, and Zion are about on the same level. Honestly, Zion's a freaking stud. And Zion similar was- skill sets, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's why. I mean, again, they're both stud offensive lines, and then again, Epic Creed Humphrey to the freaking <laughs> Chiefs. This is my problem with the Chiefs. Is that they just freaking get studs right in their lap on a golden platter because teams on the and it's because of negligence and bad decisions by every other team in the league. Now I will say, Sean, you guys could have drafted Trey Smith and you guys could have signed or drafted Justin Ross. Yeah, 
I'm not even mad about Justin Ross. Creed Humphrey is kind of out of your control. I mean, yeah, you just got Corey Lindsley. That's kind of out of your control. But uh, Brian Uticus, he knows how to build an offense. He's done a good job. Josh Myers is fine. They develop offensive linemen fine. But the the Creed Humphrey was so clear in a way the pick. And they freaking (laughs) – I mean, he might be uh, close to a top five seven in the league already in year two. Would be better. Right now, Corey. I'll do a little research on that while uh, while you keep talking about their depth because they've got no. They've got some depth. I don't want to talk anymore. I quit. Let's talk about the strengths and weaknesses. Patrick Mahomes, elite quarterback. If you want to say he's the best quarterback in football, honestly, I, I don't. I won't blame you. I'm not going to go there yet. I think he has I'll to retain that status. Politely. But um, yeah, I would dis- disagree lightly, slightly. Um, but I think he will reclaim that title this year. That's my prediction. I think he will reclaim that throne this season. Now that he has to play more in structure, and honestly, Mahomes in structure, he makes less mistakes, and he still creates the threat of the backyard football that we talk about. Um, and, and he has to go through his reads a lot more this year too, which I think he can do. Andy Reid, an elite play, play caller. If it wasn't for the Shanahan guys, specifically Kyle and Sean McVay, I mean, he, he's just an elite play caller and an and X's and O's uh, schemer. Um, you have a, a really good group of playmakers, a really underrated group of playmakers. That's the casual why. They, yeah, they lost Tyree Kill. But again, the, the premise of this video, who gives a flying F that they lost Tyree Kill? Um, and then you have a really, really good offensive line. The weakness, uh, unexplosive rushing attack, I think that's fair. I would have thrown in right tackle. But also with the rushing attack, man, I think they're going to scheme some stuff up nicely. I think both the enemy and Andy Reid do a good st- good stuff in the run game. And um, I will say they've got really good run blockers, especially in the middle of that offensive line. Very good run blockers, um, and and that's going to help with the kind of unexplosive running backs that they that they have. Not even not even unexplosive isn't even the right word, um, but you know it's just. You, they're not guys like Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry or Joe Mixon that can just go at an instant. Uh, Saquon Barkley, honestly, um, that just at an instant can pop off a, a four three down the sideline and and take it for six or or go uh, you know through the middle. Honestly, they're more like you know get eight yards here, two yards there, average probably about four yards a carry, methodically complement the passing attack. Um, but in terms of centers that are, I think, right in the argument. You've got Corey Lindsley. You've got Jason Kelsey, Frank Ragnow, Ryan Jensen. I know he just got hurt. Um, and then it gets close. Ben Jones, maybe. Rodney Hudson, maybe. J.C. Treader is like a TBD because he's not playing, but we don't really know why. Was, was that an injury thing? But um, he's. I think he's in that top five in the league in year two. You only, you only named three guys. I'm like, yeah, they're better. And that was Corey and Jason. Like Creed Humphrey right now might be the third best. Maybe Ragnow. Frank Ragnow is a dog. Yeah, maybe Ragnow. But like even then, I'm thinking about him like. Maybe David Andrews in New England. Nah. I think Ryan Kelly's not as good. Oh, like Um, if I had to put together a top five with those guys. Eric McCoy's pretty solid, but he's not. Corey, Jason. Creed, Ragnow, and then um, maybe uh, uh, what uh, the uh, Andrews, not yeah, David Andrews, maybe yeah, David Andrews. Yeah, that's probably my five. Uh, end all be all, very very good offensive line for no particular reason other than good 
fortune and good draft picks, I guess. Let's talk about the defense. Let's get it right 18th. Uh, 18th in coaching against game and 18th in uh, overall defensive grace. Steve Spagnolo is, I think, a good defensive coordinator. I think it's he's crazy, fine. Right? He's got a complicated scheme, but hey, we won. The rookies picked it up really well. Now, the Cardinals, we, we talked about the Cardinals. Go see them. They ranked still very doughboy soft. Yeah. Um, I forget where they ranked. Was it low 20s? 21, maybe? 23. Um, 23. Um, but go, we, we addressed their problems and honestly, perfectly called <laughs> this this Chiefs blowout, um, just matchup wise. Pat we on my back some, there. We talked, we talked about the offense and, and the problems there. The theme of the video was, yeah, Pillsbury Doughboy. But, um, you know, they have more things than just not being able to block or um, fight blocks. Pass rush, though, for the Chiefs. Carlos Dunlap, Chris Jones, uh, a, you know, a solid edge, two solid edges, honestly, with Dunlap and Frank Clark. And then you have your main guy in the middle with Chris Jones. It's a very well-built pass rush, not to mention George Karloftis, former water polo guy who is also very good at football and was a first-round pick. No. By the way, I was clamoring. I was clamoring for Karloftis to go in the top 10 to the Falcons. Because yeah. that's what we did in our mocks. And then on draft, I was like, I would love Karloftis to the Falcons here. I think they were at, what, eight? Maybe nine? They were eight. No, they, were yep. eight. Yeah, they were eight. It was like, you know, another team that's very soft up front. Falcons, Karloftis, hard-nosed, 6'5", big dude, good good pass rusher. Great motor. Traits, great, yeah. Just going to down in, down out, give his all. Picked a receiver that we disagreed with at the time. He looked pretty good in week one, but um, he did. George Kaloftis is a stud and will just continue to get better. And they got him at what, 25? Uh, I think that's accurate. Bro, if Kaloftis if if becomes like that second edge, it, I think he's a better run defender maybe to break Clark day one. So if he becomes that second edge. Or even over Dunlap. Like, if he becomes a second edge rusher, I would not be surprised in the slightest. Carlos Dunlap, I mean, George Kaloff is going to thrive. Pick. Huh? 30th overall pick. 30? Yeah. McDuffie was 22. Sean's left. Um, Carlos Dunlap is, is actually uh, better than he gets credited for against the run. Um, and, you know, in his age, it's it's always a question mark. Um Sean might have just passed out. Um, somebody should call nine one one. I'll do it after I'm done talking. Um, but Frank Clark, not a good, not a good uh, not a good run defender at all. Um, but you know, pass rush wise, just phenomenal. A, a really good pass rush um, when it comes to uh, kind of a diversification of skill sets. And they've got similar to the Bengals. The Bengals had elite edge player or really good edge player and two good uh, interior rushers where the chiefs have an elite, a phenomenal interior rusher, and then two very good edge players as well. Um, and then Tershawn Wharton, Derek Nottie, Tershawn Wharton is an absolute liability in the run game, but is a better pass rusher than Derek Nottie. So we'll see who gets the majority of snaps there. Um, but overall a, a good pass rush, well above average, just not quite um, to that level of, you know, you got to be concerned about three guys winning their their one on ones every single down. Like you can you can you can stifle Carlos Dunlap and Frank Clark with with good tackles. Chris Jones, that's that's a tougher task, but 
Um, the, you know, it's not like Bose, Bosa and Mac or Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, or um, um, DeForest Buckner, Yannick uh, uh, Ngakwe, Quiddy Pay. Like, it, it's not quite um, like that. Zedaria Smith, Daniel Hunter is another one. Let's uh, let's uh, dive into the secondary here. That's going to rank tight 18th. Um, yes, I'm really, really quiet now because this is getting really depressing. and I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to last. Um, Legereus Need has really turned into a stud for this uh, Chiefs team so much so they were able to, to let go of Traveris Ward. Um, yep. Sneed is, is just a, a really good corner who's played well in this scheme. Rashawn Fenton, another just like a fine for them. And then you go draft Trent McDuffie, just another steal. Um, no, I will say TBD to who's going to play in the slot. My guess it would be Fenton. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, that's that's more of a TBD. But then you fill out that with Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill on the back end. Um, you know, Justin Reed really good in coverage. Juan Thornhill pretty good in coverage as well. And um, these guys can actually play the run really well, too. Legereus Sneed, long, lanky corner with absolute wheels. He actually played pretty well against Devontae Adams, which is not something you can say for a lot of corners last year. Now, granted, Jordan Love was the quarterback, and Chris Jones was destroying Royce Newman all game long. But um, he he played he, he held his own. Rashad Fenton, you touched on him really well. Also very good run defender. And Trip McDuffie, um, who's just going to continue to get better. Uh, as a first-round pick out of Washington, um, you know, good in coverage and, and pretty good against the run as well. So um, they've got guys who can who can tackle, can defend the run, but also, most importantly, cover space and cover defenders. You cover, sorry, you cover you cover players, not grass. Don't cover space. Cover yeah, players. and uh, and uh, um, um, you know, with this uh, secondary, um. Justin Reed again. Ryan uh, Cook's pretty good too. Be, uh, uh, this team is a uh, bet better, and um, you know Justin Reed is. <laughs> they got pretty good uh, backup safeties as well with Deion Bush and Brian Cook, um, and they the youth on this team is absolutely ridiculous though. Four rookie corners and the rookie safety. I mean, they're set up for the future too, Sean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the run defense is gonna rank 16. <laughs> I hate the Chiefs. <laughs> the run defense is gonna rank 16th in football. Like Warner mentioned, you have good uh, a good secondary that can uh, stop the run as well. Um, and then you look at that that, that front seven. Um, Chris Jones is an elite interior defensive lineman. Probably the second, or the I mean, well, not second. He's he's definitely top four. You know, DeForest Buckner and Cam Hayward like to have a word, but um, yeah. like, and he plays outside of Aaron Donald, the top three interior defensive linemen. I feel like that's a good co- a category. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, I want to, and I and I talk about this in our interview with uh with my guy Mark Gunnels, but man, this linebacker room, I think you got some studs as well. Nick Bolton, um, who. I liked coming out, but with Nick Bolton, the problem for me with Nick Bolton coming out was I didn't think he'd be able to cover. This is going back to the secondary for a little bit. Nick Bolton was 
way better in coverage. I thought he was going to be coming out. And he has a lot to grow. Do not get me wrong. But I thought he was going to be coming in to the NFL, a liability in coverage. And he was a lot better than that. I believe uh, this is what Mark was telling me. He has the green dot for this defense, um, which shows you for a very complex Steve Spagnuolo defense. That is high praise for a second-year player. And uh, him alongside Willie Gay, just two athletic freak linebackers. Nick Bolton is an absolute thumper in the run game. He is a stud. And him and Willie Gay are going to be around for a long time. Uh, I'm not sure where we got Elijah Lee from, but Leo Chanel, uh, another really, really good. Yeah, uh, but Leo Chanel, a really, really good run-thumping linebacker as well who – I mean, honestly, I don't mind them just taking a, a, a flyer on him. I forget where they picked him at. Let's see if we have him on our uh, on our key dishes of departures. Um, in the third round, sure, you already have it, have a steal of a draft already. That's a compensatory pick, so why not? Um, and you've shown, like, hey, take flyers on guys with good run traits, run run uh, defense traits, and maybe we can develop some of the pass coverage stuff. And they've done that with Nick Bolton. I think Leo Chanel is a little bit – worse in coverage coming out than Nick Bolton was, but it's not by much. Um, so in this scheme, man, they have just studs and linebackers. And then again, you know, you look at that, uh, you look at the secondary, they have guys that can play as well. So um, it's going to be, you, it's not like anything crazy or whatever. I do think you could run on this team if you have an elite run game, but it's going to be tough. Like this isn't a, sw- a soft and squishy chiefs defense. It's, you're going to have some trouble against this chiefs defense. And uh, strengths and weaknesses. They're going to rank, uh, by the way, again, tied 18th, but a lot of upside, solid run defense group. Chris Jones is a freaking mauler. The depth in that front four. I, I will say this about the depth. I don't feel like you feel the depth elsewhere. Like, I feel like the linebacker depth and the secondary depth does get a little bit concerning. But up front, incredible Although depth. Their, their secondary depth is, is I think, pretty it's good fine. as well, at least when it comes to – your fourth corner, and then you got two backup Fair. safeties that are pretty pretty good as well. Fair. Um, a, a secondary upside is huge as well. Like Warner mentioned, this team is really built for the future uh, and the present. Like they're without a doubt competing yeah. for a they, title. They've this done year. this very very close to perfectly. Yeah. Um, a young secondary, I think that is a strength and a weakness. Like I think there's gonna be some growing pains in this very complex Spagnolo scheme and some inconsistent role players. I think might be another weakness as well. Um, I think there will be weeks where you have, you know, maybe it's a Trent McDuffie's the young player or one of these linebackers like Willie Green where they do give up a play or two that are, it winds up being costly. But the defense in total comes in ranking 18th. The offense ranks 5th. The team's going to rank 6th overall. You're like, how do they get the 18th ranked defense with still finished 6th? Well, the offense, the offense is that good. The offense is that good and special teams and coaching with this Chiefs team is just not a concern at all. Now, Harrison Buckner's gone. Uh, he's hurt, rather. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but special teams is not a problem for me at all. And this Chief defense is still good enough. Like, in terms of the actual point total, it's not a it's not a liability. I'm not overly concerned about this defense. I actually think it'll probably be out this 18th ranking. Um, and also, they rank fourth offensively, not fifth. That's an error on my end. I'll take responsibility for that one. Um, Andy Reid, Hall of Fame head coach. I'm starting to think, Warner, to myself personally, that maybe – they're grooming Eric Bieniemy to replace Andy Reid. That's the only yeah. thing that could be kind of like a hey, Todd Bowles, Bruce Arians. Yeah, we're like Bowles. Really, well, the, the good thing <laughs> about Arians, Arians, it didn't seem like he got a, he had a really good relationship with Brady. 
But what Arians did a great job of is really setting up his coaching staff post Chris Arians. Maybe you could say maybe. He sounds like a a player's coach, like players enjoy playing for him. And the fact that he's sticking around still to help out Todd Bowles, who just, you know, had a not a good experience, let's just say, in New York. Not a lot of people do uh, coaching-wise. But, um, you know, just helping, helping that staff along while still being able to enjoy retirement. I think Andy Reid would love to do that as well. You don't want to just abandon football when it's been your your thing for your whole life. You know, Tom Brady talked about it, um, and, and then he's going into broadcasting. We've seen the Manning brothers do it. Um, a lot of retirees, Drew Brees, I mean, Greg Olson, there's a bunch of guys calling games too that used to play. So um, they, they, they don't want to just give up on the game. So this lets them kind of still have an impact on the game on the team basis while still being able to enjoy their retirement. Actually, I didn't think about that, but that would be, I would, I would love to see it. That'd be really ideal for them, but uh, let's talk about the schedule. And I think it's going to shock some people, but again, for the love of God, this team got better. If you have not gotten that, they've gotten better this year. And uh, our schedule predictions got to prove that. We have them going 13 and 4. The AFC should run through Kansas City once again this year. They, they mollywopped the Cardinals. I th- we, we're going to have them beat the Chargers week 2 and lose to the Chargers week 11. There, there's maybe one, but if you look at the schedule, man, like Denver doesn't scare me at Casey all. Do you see playing next week? What'd you say? Is J.C. Jackson playing next week? Uh, I do I think, think the Chargers match up well, as well as you can, against this Chiefs offense with Derwin on, on Kelsey. Um, and then you have, you know, J.C. and Asante Samuel, if J.C. plays on on, um, And then Bryce Callahan plays side, well. But, yeah, play on, on Juju. Yeah. Um, so the update apparently on, on J.C. is um, he he did not play week one, but he's making progress to playing in week two. That's what they said. Keenan, Keenan is is not going to play. Keenan's not going to play. Yeah, that's um, that's going to be a tough loss for them to swallow. But yeah, we'll see but, what Mike um, do. And hey, that's why you carry more than what four wide receivers, five wide receivers. Yeah, thanks, Warren. Um, but um, we have them lose week three against the Colts. That's one of those teams where Matt Ryan is probably not going to make a lot of mistakes, and then like they're just a, the best running team in football right now. But yeah. we like how they match up against Tampa. Now, sure, like some wins we have them having could be losses at Tampa. Um, the Niners, they could lose to the Rams or the Bengals. But we think they match up well with those teams. And again, I think the bang, I think the Chiefs They might not sweep the Broncos. They're gonna sweep the Broncos. Um okay. Let's right. <laughs> not forget. He threw that check down on the last play of the game. By the way, uh, what was he thinking? I don't know. I'll, I'll have to watch the film on that, but like you threw a check down like three yards behind the line of scrimmage on, on like, I, and like it's, it's Javante Williams who's one of the most elusive and hard to tackle backs in the league. And he proved it. He made like two or three guys miss and then carried a few others for a few extra yards, put it in a manageable field goal situation. But uh, I mean, we can argue about do you, why do you kick the 64 yarder? Um, it's not the fact that they kicked the field goal. It's the fact they burned 40 seconds. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like if, yeah, I don't, but yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, that's going to wrap things up on our end. Stick around for our great interview with guest Mark Gunnels, uh, contributor for Arrowhead Pride and co-host of, of the Coast to Coast podcast. Stick around. All right, guys, I want to welcome you all into our interview. We just went through our in-depth roster analysis, looking over the coaching staff and the 
roster position group by position group for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I want to welcome in my guy, Mark Gunnels, contributor to arrowheadpride.com and the coast of the Coast to Coast podcast. Doing great stuff covering the Kansas City Chiefs. Mark, my guy, first off, welcome on and thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to coexist for the next 20 or so minutes. Um, we see you guys week two. So, uh, no, no, no blame shots fired so far. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. But um, <laughs> the Chiefs last year was were one of the top teams in the AFC, as always. They really ran the AFC. And um, how, well, let's talk about last season, the end of last season. How frustrated, or if frustrated at all, were you? with how last season ended with that team that I'm sure in your mind was a Super Bowl or bust team. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously frustrating seeing that uh, the offense, especially uh, the play calling that second half of that Bengals game, reverted back to old habits. They went away from the running game when it was working in the first half. The Bengals were daring them to run the football. They only had, I believe, like three or four guys in the box. And for some reason, we refused to run the ball. And that resulted in the Bengals being able to come back. They got a couple turnovers, and the whole momentum of the game just changed. So uh, definitely frustrating. Um, when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes at, at quarterback, the expectation every year is Super Bowl. I mean, obviously it's not going to happen every year, but when you have one of those guys, you expect that every single year, especially when you have the situation around him. You got Andy Reid, who I think is the best coach in football right now, over Belichick, just based on the way he's been able to adapt uh, with the times, especially offensively. I, I think uh, with it being an offensive league now, I think he's the best coach. Uh, so, yeah, you got that. Obviously, you got Travis Kelsey last year. You had Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, it was definitely disappointing for sure. Yeah, uh, my bad, the face. Uh, you, you, made, you made a decent argument there. I, I disagree still, but Andy Reid is awesome. He's a Hall of Fame head coach, and I'm glad he won that Super Bowl, even though I hate the Chiefs. Um, now, one thing you brought up was the run game, and I think – you know, last season at the start of the year, you know, the the Chiefs, and I guess this is how the Chiefs have been the past couple of years. They're kind of like the Packers in the sense of when you face the Chiefs week one, week two, maybe even week three, you're not getting the Chiefs at their peak yet because, you know, it feels like that start of the season we saw last year against the Chargers, the Ravens. Um, it feels like the offense isn't all the way figured out yet. It's more so uh, Mahomes, go ahead, be Mahomes. We're going to play backyard football, but – one thing that reason why I think you guys got on that massive win streak towards the end of the season was you guys became more of a balanced offense. And Andy Reid was, you know, being more willing to run the football behind that just stoked offensive line you guys have. So is that something you want to see more of moving forward, more of a balanced offense? And then when you do have to pass the football and air it out, then you have one of the best, I would say, already to ever do it and most talented to ever do it to just go be a freak athlete and Patrick Mahomes. So is that something you want to see more of, just this more balanced offense, or are you looking for, you know, Andy Reid, just put the ball in Mahomes' hands to let him go do magic? Uh, I want to see more balance because we have the offensive line to do that. I mean, at worst, we have a top five offensive line. Some people even say the best, but I'll at least say top five for sure. And, you know, they're very physical. Like They like the physicality. They're very big bruiser type of guys. So that fits their style as far as run blocking goes. And I think the way the roster is made up with the 53-man, I think it kind of is a sign that they are going to be a little bit more balanced. Now, like at the end of the day, we're still going to be a pass-first team. I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback. So we're always going to pass more than run. But I do think uh, you can get closer to the mean a little bit this year. And going back to the roster makeup, when I say that, because they only kept five receivers – 
And I think last year they kept sixth. So they kept five and they got four tight ends. So that means a lot of two tight end sets. And then you kept four running backs. So to me, it, it shows that without Tyreek Hill, they're going to do more of a heavy sets, two tight end sets, uh, running back in the backfield, maybe a couple. We got a fullback on our roster. I know some teams don't keep fullbacks. So Shocker. It's, it's, it's really telling me that um, they're, they're going to be a little bit more balanced moving forward. And it's going to make things a lot easier for Patrick Mahomes with the play action. Yeah, oh man, Mahomes and play actions uh, always scary. Now, one of the players you brought up was were traded this offseason, thank God. Uh, Tyree Kill was traded. Now, selfishly, I was just excited. I don't remember because I remember like trying to tease you about it. You weren't that upset about it. If I'm trying to re- uh, refresh my memory here, Mark. Uh, first off, keep like what were your initial thoughts on the Tyree Kill trade, and then now, how do you replace Tyree Kill in this offense? I mean, so initially, I like when it very first happened, I was uh, a little upset. But now the fact that I've seen how they fit out the roster after that, I'm I'm totally fine with it. Because I think, honestly, the offense is going to be more dynamic. And when I say that, I mean as far as having more pass-catching options that are reliable. Because last year, it was just pretty much you knew it was going to go to Tyreek or Travis Kelsey. Now you don't know where the ball is going to go. And I think there is something to that as far as philosophy-wise and mindset-wise for Patrick Mahomes. Because when you have a Tyreek Hill, you feel like in your mind you have to kind of force-feed him and you kind of stay on him a lot instead of going through your reads. But now there's not going to be an issue with that because Travis Kelsey is very selfless. Him and Mahomes have a great relationship. So obviously he's going to get a lot of targets. But outside of him, the room is wide open. And I think you have four legit options. You got Juju Smith. I know people like to rag on him because of the TikToks, but this guy did have 1,400 yards in the season. Last couple of years, he got hurt, and obviously Big Ben was washed. I think he's only 25 years old. He's in a one-year prove-it deal, and him and Mahomes have already been working out. They've been working out since, like, April or May, I think. He went down to Texas, where Mahomes is from, so they've already been building up, building up that chemistry. and It's been very evident throughout training camp. And you got a guy like MVS who, outside of Tyreek Hill, people don't know this. He was actually he's actually second in all receivers over the last I think three years and catches over twenty yards. He only trailed Tyreek Hill in twenty plus yard catches over the last three years. People don't know that. So he's a deep threat. Obviously, he's not Tyreek Hill, but he's still a guy that can stretch the field. Then you got McCole Hardman, who's going to play a lot of that. Tyreek type of role as far as those routes he runs because the last couple of years he's been just a gadget guy but now since you don't have a Tyreek Hill he can run more of the route tree and he's been working on that a lot and I think he's gonna be a guy that really surprises people this year and he's on the last year of his rookie contract and then you got Sky Moore who you got in the second round who I think is one of the best route runners in that class his release is crazy already it looks like a seasoned vet I think he's gonna be a sleeper Towards probably the second half of the season, I think he may start off a little bit slow as far as his target share, but I do think he will show flashes, but look out for him during the back end. So, I mean, it's a very, very deep room, man. Mahomes has never had this many reliable pass-catching options. I know there's no Tyreek in the room, but the depth is clearly better. The depth is clearly better. And um, you, you brought up, you know, in the past, it was either Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Well, guess what? Nobody was stopping that. And now... Mahomes gets, you know, more targets or options because you have that list of receivers that you just mentioned and now Travis Kelsey. I also want to touch on a great point you brought up of now 
uh, Mahomes when you have it a four-speed Tyreek Hill, four-speed Travis Kelsey. You see that a lot with young quarterbacks when they have elite wide receivers uh, or elite tight ends. Lamar's case where, like, for example, Kyler Murray in Arizona, what he did does a lot to his own detriment is he'll try to four-speed DeAndre Hopkins and not really go through his read, and teams are able to uh, jump routes because they know they're anticipating Kyler to target DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, but now with uh, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is at Kyler. So, I mean, he's better than Kyler. So not trying to compare the two, but uh, now Mahomes, you're like, like you mentioned, Mark, oh crap, where is this guy going to now? And then you still have the looming threat of uh, Travis Kelsey. Like you mentioned with MBS. First off, for MBS, man, you go from Aaron Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes. I'm not sure there's a better transition in terms of quarterback play you could go to from that. So uh, that's a great point. Um, and I think it's a good transition as well to this Chiefs team this year. Um, and I know you're, you've been talking about it a lot. I'm honestly, as a divisional rival, are the Chiefs being underrated? Is that like, are we really underrating the Chiefs? Because everywhere on Twitter spaces, on the social media, on these major uh, broadcast networks, we're talking about contenders in the AFC or how's the AFC West going to shape out. Chiefs are automatically slotted in a third or some idiots even might say they're last. Like, whoa, 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 let's slow down. Are we seriously going to underrate Kansas City and let them win like 13 games this year? Um, so, Mark, I'll kick it to you as, you know, covering the Chiefs, uh, who might have a better um, angle on this. Are the are we really underrating the Chiefs right now? Is that seriously happening? Yeah, I think people get too caught up in names, especially if you're not too close to the situation. You know, you're just kind of looking at the Chiefs from a casual perspective, but you're not really uh, watching the daily ins and outs of the team and how they're constructing their roster. And I just want to say this real quick, too. I know it's a small sample size, but just for reference, Mahomes has played five games without Tyreek Hill. In those five games, he's 4-1 and one with an average yards per game of 340 yards per game, eight touchdowns, zero picks. So I just want to put that out there. I just want to put that out there. But beyond that, so let's go to the defense real quick. Because people are talking about you lost Tyron Matthew. You know, uh, Sorensen wasn't a loss. That was actually that was a game. That was, game. That was actually a game uh, by losing him and Ben Neiman. So we got better automatically by losing those two guys. So <laughs> addition by subtraction there. But as far as Tyron Matthew, and I'm gonna be very honest with you, last year he was not the same Tyron Matthew. Yes, he's still a great leader. He's a, a has great passion. He knows how to get people in the right positions. But as far as his actual play on the field, you can tell he lost a step. And I don't know if that was because maybe he was being a little gun shy because he was on the last year of his contract and he was kind of playing not to get hurt. But there's plenty of film out there. I can even show you the tweets. I mean, there's plenty of stuff out there with him literally uh, pulling up on tackles. Like literally, like he wanted nothing to do with it. And that was not the Tyron Matthew that we saw in years prior. So Maybe it has something to do with that contract situation. I'm not sure. But now the defense, I know the names aren't sexy, but I'm telling you guys, the defense is objectively way more athletic and way more physical. You bring in Justin Reed as safety. Still got Juan Thornhill back there. I think we have the best young linebacker duo in the league with Nick Bolton, who led our rookies in tackles last year, and Willie Gay. I know people don't really know about him right now, but – the upside is definitely there with him. He just got to stay healthy. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And on the D-line, obviously Chris Jones. Frank Clark, I'm not going to bank on him, but you got George Karloftis in the first round from Purdue. He showed flashes in the uh, preseason. He had two sacks. 
His motor is special, man. Trent McDuffie, a cornerback. I'm telling you, man. This Just stop defense. naming guys that fell in your lap, please. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. This defense, man, they're young, so they may start off slow. But the difference between this year and last year's defense, the mistakes last year wasn't because of guys not knowing where to be. They just weren't physically capable. Like Daniel Sorensen is just not the athlete. Dan Ben Neiman is not the athlete. So they knew in their mind where to be at, but they just weren't athletic enough to make the play. The mistakes this year are going to be because guys just are young, but it's not going to be because of a lack of ability. So I can live with that because you can coach getting guys in the right spots and knowing where to be, but you can't coach pure athleticism and physicality. So that's what got, got me really excited about this defense. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, making gestures and, you know, crying my face off because this is the second straight year in the draft. The Chiefs were just gifted on a silver effing platter, a stud. You had Creed Humphrey because the Packers didn't want to take him and be idiots. And then this year, George Karloftis just falls to you. Um, dude's a stud, by the way. He was a top five edge rusher on my board. I mean, dude, dude's a freak. And then I love Trey McDuffie as well. Um, and then, yeah, I loved how you brought up uh, Daniel Sorensen being uh, more of a, a a positive thing losing him than uh, a negative thing. And then, like you mentioned, the, the additions you guys brought in, Justin Reed, I don't know how this is going to bold with Chiefs fans, but he might be a better coverage safety right now or compared to what you guys had last season with Tyron Matthew. I still think Tyron Matthew is probably the better player, but like you mentioned, he wasn't the same guy last year. For what reasons, we're not sure. But Justin Reed, if you're plugging in the same Justin Reed from last year and comparing it to that version of Tyron Matthew, you're getting a better safety. Um, and perfect segue as well, um, without me getting depressed about your edge rushers again and George Kyloftis. Nick Bolton, who I thought when you guys draft, that was another one. I was like, okay, this could really, really work. Kansas City, um, they're not known, I guess, for, develop- for developing defensive players as much. But this is a situation where Steve Spagnuolo uh, can really get this guy to work. I thought he was a mauler in the run game, a thumping linebacker. And he looked way better in coverage last season than I thought he would coming out. Um, I believe he was my third linebacker in that class. But how high are you on Nick Bolton, who's really starting to take this uh, linebacker room by storm and become one of the more emerging up-and-coming linebackers in the game? Yeah, so it's crazy. Initially, I wasn't that high on Nick Bolton for the reasons that you mentioned as far as his uh, pass coverage. Because we obviously know today's a pass-happy league, so you need linebackers that can do both. But he's actually impressed in that in, in that category. And I know it's just preseason, but he even looked a lot better this preseason as well. He had a couple right. of pass breakups, you know, uh, showing athleticism. And I think it's more so he's very, very smart, right? And he has the green dot this year. And that says a lot for a Steve Spagnuolo really? defense. Yes, okay. because we know Spags is very, very hesitant to trust young guys. So the fact that he's willing to give Bolton the green dot in his second year speaks volumes to how smart Nick Bolton is and how high his IQ is. So that got me really, really excited, man, because like I said, Spags doesn't really give the reign to young guys this early. He's more of a lean on the veterans, you know, type of guy. So him doing that shows me that Nick Bolton, I think he could be an all pro this year. And I really believe that. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people just raised their eyebrow at Mark saying that. I don't think that's too crazy. Again, 
dude already was a, a great run defending linebacker coming out, but the coverage stuff he showed last year and now this year, I didn't even know he had the green dot. So like you mentioned, Spags, he really does. He's more of a veteran guy, but the fact that they're giving that responsibility to Nick Bolton um, is, is really impressive. And that's another good segue to Spags. I think Chiefs fans are kind of divided on Spags. He's been around for a while now. Do you think he's a good defensive coordinator? And if not, are you, if this year doesn't go too well with the talent that you guys have, and I do think this is going to be a better defense. Um, wh yeah, what are your thoughts in general on Spags? Yeah, um, I think he's good. I don't think he's great. But I will say I think this defense uh, schematically – well, not schematically, personnel-wise, I think it fits his uh, scheme a lot more than previous defenses. Because, right. like I said, these guys are flying around. They're very physical. They're very athletic. And they're versatile. Like, you, we have a lot of guys that you can move around. You could put Justin Reed in the box. He can play uh, deep safety as well. Same thing with Thornhill. Willie Gay is a name that you're going to want to uh, keep an eye on for this year as well. So I think yeah. from a talent perspective, he's actually more talented. I think he has a higher upside than Nick Bolton, which is sounds crazy to say, but he's more athletic than Nick Bolton. He's more of a more of a sideline to sideline linebacker. And I think he's better in coverage than Nick Bolton. But Nick Bolton yeah. obviously has it up here a lot more, and his instincts are better at this point. So, but yeah, look out for Willie Gay as well. Um, yeah, and then with the the defense alignment, I think with a guy like George Karloftis, we've been missing a guy that has a steady motor. That's kind of been a staple from the Chiefs from past years. We had like guys like Jared Allen, you know, Tamba Hali. I think Karloftis could be one of those guys. I really do because he's relentless, man. He doesn't stop. He doesn't give up on the play. He had two sacks in the preseason on limited snaps. So I think he's going to be a guy that has – seven eight nine sacks this year in year one because he's gonna get a lot of a lot a lot of snaps so and he's paired with chris jones who's gonna take at least two guys with them so he's gonna be seeing one-on-ones on the edge so I, i'm really really excited i know i know this is like just uh sorrows for you right now me praising karlakas like this but he's really gonna be that guy so i think the personnel fits spags a lot more this year which is gonna make him in turn be a better defensive coordinator uh, you keep bringing up Carl Loftus, man. I'm about to start crying live on the uh, recording. But um, who would you say heading into the season is the biggest breakout candidate? We talked about a couple of guys. I have a guy in mind that we haven't mentioned yet. But who would you say is the biggest breakout candidate this season for the Chiefs? Oh, man. I'm going to say Jody Fortson. Okay. I don't know if that's the name that you had in mind, but – He's our tight end, too, for people that don't know, because he's not a big name yet. But, I mean, this guy was a used to be a wide receiver, and now he's a tight end. He's super mm -hmm. athletic. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He runs like a 4'5", four, 4'6". Four, In the preseason, he had, I think, two touchdowns. And last year, before he got hurt, he was starting to come along and really be an impact guy. So I think with Travis Kelsey being a little older, he's still the best tight end in the game. But I do think – they want to try to bring his snap down a little bit. And we have a very deep tight end room. We have Noah Gray, who we drafted in, I think, in the fourth or fifth round last year from Duke. But Jody Forson is definitely the guy for tight end two right now. He's a big body target, especially in the red zone. He's a guy that Mahomes trusts and raves about. He just throw it up to him, even if he's covered. I mean, look at those two touchdowns he caught in the preseason against Washington. 
he was covered in both of those touchdowns. But Mahomes just threw it up to him and trusted his guy, and Jordy Forsen went to go get it. So I think he's a guy that's going to be a, a potential fantasy sleeper because I can see him getting six, seven touchdowns this year because in the red zone, I think we're going to do a lot of two tight end sets. And obviously, they're going, to be, they're going to be zoned in on Kelsey a lot. So it's going to leave forcing on those one-on-one opportunities. And like I said, Mahomes is not scared to throw the ball up to him, even if he's covered. So I think Jody Forsen is definitely the candidate offensively. All right. I'm going to go with one that is probably, if you're not around, if you, if you either don't cover the NFL, either you're, you don't cover the Chiefs, or you're like not in the division, you wouldn't really know this name because it's not the sexy guy. Hold but, on. Are you going offense here? I'm going offense. You're going to um, say Justin Watson? No, I'm going to okay. go okay. Trey Smith, your right guard. Oh, okay, 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 okay. First off, another guy that just handed to you guys on the silver platter in the sixth round, who, if it wasn't for really the medical. breakout, though? Because he was really good last year. He was really good by being like, by breakout. Like, he's going to, everybody's, he's going to be a household name after this okay. year. Okay. Where he was at least probably a second round pick, if it wasn't for the medical stuff. Dude's a mauler in the running game who really holds up with his pass pro, has nice, has a great technique. Um, and man, I'm just looking at the offensive line here. Like that interior, like from Joe Tooney to Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, it, it's unfair. Like that, that that's really one of the better interior offensive line rooms in the in the entire NFL. Um, and it, Orlando Brown's cool. Right? I think he's overrated, but he's cool as well. Um, Man, that offense line is really, really good. Um, and then, Mark, how confident are you this season? When people ask me as a Chargers fan, oh, the Chargers are going to win the division. How confident are you, Sean? It's the Chiefs' division until proven otherwise. So somebody beats them. So how confident are you, Mark, that the Chiefs can run it back for however many years in a row at this point and win the AFC West again? Well, I mean, this if the Chiefs don't – if there's any year for the Chiefs not to win the AFC West, it would be this year. So if nobody wins it this year, I, I really feel sorry for the rest of you guys because <laughs> the Chiefs have a lot of cap space for next offseason and they have a lot of draft picks. You know, they traded Tyreek Hill. So they're going to be probably even better next year on paper. <laughs> so you have to win it this year. And I don't think you will. I think the Chiefs are going to win it this year. But I will say this, though. I do think the Chargers are the only other legit threat to win it this year. I know people are saying how deep the AFC West is. I think it's a little overblown a little bit because I think Denver's not that good, clear... y'all. I'm sorry. Denver's not that what? good. Denver's not that good, y'all. I'm sorry. I think there's a clear tier one, and there's that's the Chiefs and the Chargers. I think the Broncos and Raiders are fighting for third place. So yep. I, I got the Chiefs finishing around 12 wins. I got the Chargers in that 11 to 12 area. So it could come down to like a, to a tiebreaker situation. But I think they those two are definitely making the playoffs. And I do think we get three teams. I'm still – I always go back and forth on that third team, the Raiders or the Broncos. I think, Gonna... I'm, I think I'm leaning Broncos third right now. Really? Okay. Only because I think they're a little bit more balanced overall. The Raiders' defense to me is awful especially that secondary. I know they got Chandler yeah. Jones in that D-line, but let's let's be honest here. He had 10 and a half sacks, but five of them were in week one. <laughs> He's 33 years old, so I think people are overblowing that a little bit. And right. outside of that, I mean, who's in their secondary? 
they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. And granted, they can win a lot of shootouts, but they have a, to me, probably a top five offense. I mean, you have, uh, I said Hopkins, I'm sorry, Deion, Devontae Adams. There we go. Darren Waller and Run Renfro. And then Carr, he's a, he's a borderline top 10 quarterback. The offensive line, though, is very shaky. So that's why I have pause as well, because how good would their run game be? It right. seems to just know they're going to be just airing it out. You could just dare them to run. And if they can't get no run blocking, I mean, it's going to be two yards in a cloud of dust. So that's why I have the Broncos slightly over them. I think they have a top five defense. I know Russell Wilson, to me, is a little overrated, but he still is a lot better than what they've had. So they will be better offensively. So I got them third right now. Yeah, I got into my head. I picked the Raiders. Um, I get it. That Broncos secondary is really, really good. But, man, like that pass rush does not scare me at all. My, I'm supposed to be threatened by Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. Okay, cool. I'll trust my offensive line against that. I'm sure you'll trust your offensive line against that. Um, there are a lot. The Broncos line play in general is just not good on either on both sides of the ball. Like that offensive line's not good. Garrett Bowles is cool, but the rest of the offensive line is mid. Um, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just frustrated because I think Bronco, the Broncos from their fans are getting really overrated. But um, I actually have the Broncos going seven and ten. So maybe wow. I'm sleeping on them. So yeah, I would rank either one of us and then the Raiders and then the Broncos. But um, no, yeah, I, I agree with most of what you said. Um, and again, like anybody asks me, it's your guys' division until one of us beats you for it. Um, so we can wrap things up here, Mark, with two questions. Uh, one, the Chiefs season is well, it's a two-parter for the one, another one's more, you know, cut and dry. Um, the Chiefs is a, the Chiefs season is a success if fill in the blank. The Chiefs season uh does not go as planned, fill in the blank. The Chiefs season is a success if they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> it, okay, like like what what would have to happen? Oh, what would have to happen for them yeah, to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, um, they would have to have, I believe, at least a top twenty to fifteen defense. Because I think their offense is going to be top five. So the defense doesn't have to be elite, but it just has to be timely. They just have to get timely stops. Right. So they have to do that, and for them to do that, their pass rush would have to be a major factor. So I'm considering Karloftis having a major impact year one and at least getting something from Frank Clark. I'm not expecting him to have double-digit sacks, but at least be a guy that can be respectable in that category. And offensively, I mean, I think just being more balanced, uh, just establishing a run game, playing off play action, and I think the offense is going to be virtually unstoppable because, I mean – now teams don't know how to game plan against the Chiefs. You don't know, no, you don't know where the ball is going. And I think this is where Mahomes is going to show his, his full self. I mean, people forget, at Texas Tech, he didn't have no NFL-caliber wide receivers. So, I mean, this is kind of back to where he's used to, his, his comfort zone, if you would. So I think it's going to be really scary offensively, man. And what was the second question? Basically, like, what would have to go wrong? For like, what would have to happen for this season to not go as planned? Um, no pass rush. The defense, they're young, so they don't really get it fully uh, in the back half of the season. I do think they will start off a little bit slow, but I expect them to pick it up after like the bye week. Their bye is week seven or eight, I believe. So if that doesn't uh, transform and they're forced to be in a lot of shootouts, 
I don't like that formula going into playoff football. And offensively, if Andy Reid still decides to put his foot in his mouth and get arrogant and not run the football and just tells Mahomes to go win a game every time and be Superman, then, yeah, I think those would be the formulas for us to not have a successful season. All right, and the last thing before we get you out of here, Mark, again, thanks for hopping on with this, but is there any team in the AFC that worries you? Which, by the way, I, I don't. I honestly expect the AFC to be nobody because, I mean, you're the Chiefs and you went to the AFC Championship game four consecutive seasons, but is there anybody in the AFC where you look at the roster, you're like, okay, I'd rather not play them in the playoffs? Uh, honestly, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, l- let's be honest here. They probably should have won that game last year. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> I mean, it was 13 seconds left. I don't know what they were doing defensively, like to allow us just to have that such an easy pitch and catch situation. So, I mean, Josh Allen had a perfect game. He couldn't have- And, yeah, I think the Bills. I mean, I think you would be disingenuous as a, a Chiefs fan not to say the Bills doesn't worry you to a certain level of ex- a certain level because also – they have that revenge factor thing as well, right? Like two years in a row now. Yeah, but I mean, we're not going to beat them every single year. Eventually, right. they do to beat us, right? So, I mean, yeah, they they definitely concern me. And outside of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen's the only other guy that when I face and I look at him, I was like, that's like some Patrick Mahomes type stuff. Right. Like he he does a lot of Patrick Mahomes s stuff, so he can really go toe to toe with Mahomes. So yeah, that does. Give me a little uh, a little pause. And if we're talking quarterbacks, there's only uh, one quarterback that I believe in the AFC is undefeated in Arrowhead. Um, I believe he plays in uh, Los Angeles. You know, I have the, his name is on the tip of my tongue, Mark. Um, uh, mm, what's his name? Uh, went to Oregon. Mark, come on. You're, you're, you're a smart guy. Help you know, me out it's here. funny when you Chargers fans do this. You guys don't ever use context. <laughs> He's he's two and zero on Arrowhead, but one of those games was literally against our backups in Week 17 because we were preparing for the playoffs. Something you guys don't know about. So yeah, I mean, if you want to use the two and zero thing, go ahead. But just know one of those games was literally against our second team. So he's really to real football fans. He's one and zero. Congrats. We went 30 minutes with peacefulness, and I bring that up, and it all goes to hell. Um, thanks, Mark, my guy, for hopping on here, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I got to come back on during the season, man. All right, you guys just tune in to a spectacular interview with my guy, Mark Gunnels. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the most authentic place of sports, the sports headline show. If you guys are new, please do subscribe and like the on this video and subscribe to the channel. If you guys are new, also, follow us on Twitter, at Sports Headline 8. We have a lot of great content coming to this channel this year, Warner. Uh, film breakdowns, power rankings, NFL roundtable, MLB stuff, Madden at some point, NBA 2K at some point. It's Sub- almost October time. Ooh. There we go. Um, we're, at, we're starting a sub stack. Stay freaking tuned. Subscribe so you can stay up to date. Sean Davis here, Warner Sanker. Stay safe and see you next time. Peace.